impressive foam. She's done well. Is that too, that wouldn't be too wow. much for me? What too much foam? Mm. I might have that much foam on latte, but still, it's fine. Okay, we'll do. It'll do. Now I used to have lattes. Yeah. Like a lot, because I had a friend who bought them. Mm. But I can't. I can't drink them anymore because they're too. To break up with the friend. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> honestly, we're history. Just, just reminds me of him. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's too yeah. sweet. Ah. I don't really. And then that with sugar, I think, would kill me. Such a massive sweet tooth. It's ludicrous. See, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't do drugs or anything. So sugar is my vice. It's your little luxury. Oh my god. Yeah. So the shortbread biscuit makes things. I'm very excited. <laughs> I made my own shortbread the other week. <laughs> And it was a bit too thin, so I think I need to I need to practice more. I'm, I'm a big baker. You do it's, a lot of it. Yeah, like, I bake all the time. Oh, wow. I, I developed a new signature cupcake the other week. I was quite excited about that. Okay. Um, which is so my original signature cupcake was a lemon meringue cupcake. Uh, homemade. So it was a coconut uh, cupcake base with a homemade lemon curd inside, and then a meringue on top. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but now I think I prefer my new cookies and cream. One, mm-hmm. so it's a, uh, a milk chocolate uh, cupcake with then marshmallow frosting and uh, pieces of Oreo cookie. Very that's, extravagant. That's very good. Yeah, it's a, it's a signature cupcake. <laughs> this isn't what you make day to day. This is right. Okay. This is for occasions or for showing off or <laughs> taking to my agent and going, get me some more work. Um, <laughs> but say if I was going round for coffee, would there be this sort of? It would be an occasion. Someone okay. like you came round, then I'd have to make my signature cupcake. Because I'm such a celebrity. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's what it is. I don't know, actually. But even now you said it's too sweet, I have to make, I have, probably have to make something less. <laughs> Give me an apple or something. kind of sugary, mm. maybe. Although, uh, my favourite thing to bake is probably the worst. The problem, my favourite thing to eat that I bake is the worst thing for me in the world, and it's so easy, it's unbelievable. It's called Mars Bar Cake. Mm. And it's uh, six Mars Bars melted down with butter and sugar poured onto cornflakes and then put in the fridge that's all it is right. but it's like eating joy it's so tasty and oh did you come up with that or was no it? no it was on a recipe I've got the hummingbird app oh, um, right. I'm well into my baking and uh, yeah and it was one of the recipes on there I was like this this, this looks so awful let's see if I can make it um, and I love it too much made too much and I nearly put my friend into a diabetic coma but still it was uh, but you so can handle it you can handle six Less and less now I'm growing up, mm. which mm. is really sad. <laughs> Starting to realise that I can't eat as much sugar as I like, I used to have to down Harry by bags. And now I feel like I'm talking like a recovering alcoholic. I used to have to down 20 pints now. <laughs> can I get one down? Yeah, well, was that because you are quite energetic mm. on stage, aren't you? That, though, is uh, I did like drama. Uh, camp on like a Saturday I used to do a thing called Stagecoach I don't know if anyone you know, if you've met anyone who's done it before um, sort of awful it's like uh, daycare for stagey mums um, so I did that on the weekends um, and there was a woman who's uh, like tip to me was if you're not moving you're not interesting so I think because it's just me on stage I feel like if there's nothing happening if I'm not making a movement then everyone must be bored so I, that's why I'm a little bit I'm l- less so now when I first okay. started I was really kind of conscious on stage that ha- people had to be noticing what I was doing so mm. I moved around a lot I move a li- little bit less now so it was a, like a conscious thing it's like oh, yeah, oh, definitely. I'm moving not yeah, yeah. I'm nervous so I'm moving uh, maybe a little bit I'm nervous and I'm moving but definitely 
I knew that I was I, I stand in really odd positions anyway but I do that without thinking and mm. so I kind of incorporated that a bit moving mm. around everywhere I flamingo a lot <laughs> but I mean it's a performance isn't it it's, yeah, uh, yeah yeah if I get on a massive stage like I did a, a charity thing uh, recently uh, the Bloomsbury and that's quite a large space so I just found myself <laughs> running about and I feel guilty if I'm not using the space because mm. whenever I used to do, really did drama theatre studies that little um, and so you do a devised piece whenever I'm in a massive space like this I'm like oh my god guys we should tell you to a sound bath <laughs> I get really into it and want to kind of into it. I always feel like it's a, there should be more theatricality to stand up sometimes yeah Yeah. well yeah I mean it is very solitary sometimes isn't it especially I suppose because you're doing circuit gigs yes do you find like the stages the stages get smaller and smaller especially at Christmas you're pretty much doing it on a coffee table (laughs) it's teeny tiny because everyone's packed in around you (laughs) and so you're on this like like, I don't know if you've ever been to Manchester the Frog and Bucket the stage is like this big we did a comedy in the dark at the Frog and Bucket um, which is uh, that you do comedy and they completely turn like a pitch back in the whole space that you can't see a thing. It's ludicrous. And so I'm on this stage and I'm constantly terrified that I'm going to fall and die, um, which adds a little bit of a thrill to the performance. <laughs> and obviously, as a mover performer, that's weird. So, But then maybe that was quite good because we did it again in Birmingham at the Electric Cinema and that was a big stage. And I moved around a lot and the lights came up and I was this far from falling off <laughs> and I totally hadn't noticed how far I'd walked. So you're, you're moving even when it's dark? This is um, um, uh, Yeah, those ones. When we did it in Edinburgh, I did it a few times in Edinburgh um, and it was great because it was dark. You could lie down. <laughs> so I would like... I, I once did it flat on my back. I did my whole set just lying down because I thought... I'm never going to get to do this again. Yeah, this will exactly. be amazing. Mm. So I, I have a bit of a, re- a risk and a, a little bit of a rest. And it was, you know, it was on at midnight. I was tired. <laughs> it was quite long into the run. Yeah, well, I suppose, I mean, it can, it opens up those different things that you can do. Mm. Uh, I suppose it's what's good about Edinburgh. But, I mean, have you, in your actual show, have you ever said, OK, I'm going to just stay completely still? There... Yeah, sort of. I think when Triple Threat, which I think you saw, yeah, uh, you said uh, there was a story at the end which was a complete kind of tone shift in a way from the rest of the thing. So it was a, a story about um, some homophobic bullying. Fun, always a good source of comedy uh, that happened to me when I was little. And so I kind of told that story with the microphone stand. I didn't move, and that was a conscious decision because the story wouldn't have worked if I'd have added too much levity into it and obviously there were jokes it wasn't a like an art piece uh, there were jokes in it but like they were uh, more lyrical um, and more, more wordy than a bit something. arty in flavour yeah maybe. probably definitely it was, it's not a story that I do on a Saturday night in a jungler's uh, but it worked very well in the Edinburgh show so that was fine <laughs> yeah so how, I mean how do you find those as a as a shift so you've been doing your Edinburgh show mm. It's quite nice. They've come to see yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and and then you're kind of thrown into the bed. Uh, well, luckily, because I was lucky enough to be booked to do other gigs in Edinburgh as well, I had that anyway. So I had people who weren't expecting me, mm. and I got to throw myself into weird situations. I got to do spank at you know, half past <laughs> two in the morning when nobody can understand any words coming out of your mouth. So I mean, how do you approach something like that? Is it do you still try and do your material, or well, do you, you just have to go with you, the... you do your material? But you you know, I mean that that those are your chops. Those are those are what you get from doing gigs on the road. Is you get to learn how to deal with audiences. So if I'm going into an art centre, 
it's very different if I'm going to a really boozy gig, but you still only have you know 30 seconds to prove to them you're funny if they haven't already uh, kind of seen you on something, which, you know, mm. me, they haven't seen me on anything. I've really <laughs> got to tell them, hi, guys, this is what's happening. Here's four things about me that make me amusing. Let's listen. Uh, so you've still got to do that, I think. You've still got to hit them with a the joke really early on. Mm. And then they go, oh, OK, he's funny, we're fine, let's listen. Um, obviously, that doesn't always happen. Uh, yeah, I had my... My hell- hellish Christmas gig this year, last year, tw- the uh, I think it was the twelfth of December. Where was oh, it? My God. Uh, it was Leicester Square. It yeah. was Metro in Leicester Square, one of the uh, comedy carnival gigs, and it's the dream that I. W- it's the the gig that will leave me cold, in cold sweats. Uh, it was horrible, utterly just just unsalvageable for me. And I was comparing, so it was even worse. Luckily, you all keep the going back. Kept, yeah, to keep going on. Like, all the other acts had a really good night. I mean, it was a lovely, strong lineup. It was uh, Alan Cochran, Adam Bloom, Zoe Lyons. Like, it was a really nice, mm. nice lineup. They just hated me, and <laughs> I just got all the flack. So I was quite, as long as everyone else had a good gig, then I was sort of all right with that. But it was like all the other acts kind of got through it. It was like mm. uh, Adam Bloom spoke. I've never seen him like he speaks quickly anyway, but I've never seen him not leave room for breath. Um, got through I think he did about 45 minutes of material in 20 like it was ridiculous <laughs> he just went off on one it was brilliant but at the same time you're going to go Woof, I can't keep up with that pace um, so yeah it was that was horrible just ruthless mm. yeah but I mean at least you didn't like you say you didn't feel personally responsible for ruining it for no no else. they were fine I think I took a bullet a little bit yeah mm, mm, exactly so all the hate that was yeah. in the room was channeled I'm used to being bullied. It's fine by large groups of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was that because you were different, or they hadn't oh. seen you, or um, what? The the gig? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was Christmas. I think I, maybe I approached it wrong. Um, I mean, you can pull things apart, but every now and again, you have a bad day at work, and I think mm. that's just what it was. It's got to yeah, it was a lot it. against me. There were lots of big groups. A massive. There was an army contingent, and uh, <laughs> one group of lads who just decided they weren't going to laugh at the compare. Like that was literally you could see them. Deliberately not laughing. You kind of this is so irritating. <laughs> but you know, if you're thinking of doing Christmas at comedy, comedy at Christmas, sorry, with your workplace colleagues, make sure they want to go there before you book it. Just, <laughs> and if you do go, don't start drinking it too. Mm. But I think a lot of people have said about the Christmas mm. gigs and how the money is lovely, mm. but you you work for it. And it's not that much better. Like, <laughs> is it not? It, it's all right. Mm. Like, you get paid a little bit more, but it's not worth trudging through December. I think I'd quite, if I could afford to, I would very much take it off. <laughs> Just stop it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll do a panto next year. Be more fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Could yeah. be a children's TV series and then I could do panto. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new thing, isn't I'd it? I'd make a great buttons, I reckon. <laughs> Just go for oh, yeah. it, you know, or you do a one-man panto. Or see how <laughs> a one-man panto? Yeah. God, somebody's going to do that now. Someone's going to do that next <laughs> yeah. year. God, someone's going to do it in Edinburgh. That'll be terrible. Mm. Oh, man. Well, it's weird with Edinburgh because it goes through phases of mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I think last year it was all about musicals. Yeah, everything was the everything musical. the musical. Mm. And then one year it was all about Facebook. Everything had a slight Facebook slant. <laughs> What's it going to be this year? One man revolution pantos. Maybe a panto. It'd be nice for them to come back, make a bit of a return. I went to a panto this year, and CJ from Eggheads was in it, <laughs> and uh, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say which one but it was? It was. Uh, oh God! It was Beauty and the Beast. Uh-huh. And it was uh, at a theatre in London, the Shaw Theatre, I think. It was only a little panto. We went because my friend's 
uh, my friend's friend was in it, and he was the dame, and he was very good. Like he outacted everyone. It was it, he was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit risque for the children that were in the audience, but it was, <laughs> it was quite. He was funny, but the whole thing was it was the, the telling of the story was so bad, and the prince was hideous looking. It was appalling. Um, yeah, but what the best bit about the entire panto was uh, I went on Grinder during the interval, and there was CJ. So uh, a little chance to CJ on Grinder. That was amazing. <laughs> it's a happy ending. Uh, thankfully, there wasn't a happy ending. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we didn't swap picks. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I was going to say about um, Edinburgh actually because yeah. you are, your you've got your show title and you're doing well, previews. This year, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, Already? I I didn't go last year, mm. um, so I was busy in August, so I couldn't go last year. And so I did a show at Leicester Comedy Festival that was called uh, David Morgan. Or am I? Or is it? I can't remember what it's called. It was a terrible title. It was utterly awful. Like, one of those ones were like, I need to come up with something in town. That's quite good. Um, so then I did it in Camden Fringe, in, uh, in Camden, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I did a version of it which I call Pretty. And then again, that was a holding title, but it's kind of stuck. So now I'll be doing Pretty uh, in, Le- in London, end of this month, uh, little previews, and then uh, Leicester and Glasgow, and then Edinburgh. So, yeah, so. Is it still kind of a title, and you don't quite know what's going to be in it? Or is no, it- no, it's 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 done and fixed, and uh, some of the stuff's taken out, and they've put new bits in, and it's still got the same kind of structure. Yeah, you're ahead of the game. Then. I'm a little bit, yeah, but Very I reckon much. that's made me complacent, and that's a worry. <laughs> so I don't think you're ever you ever approach it in the right way. Mm. I mean, I like that I've got more than 50 minutes of material, so I can put a show together. Uh, but I am a little bit panicked that. I've grown too used to the material and now it's going to sound like dirge when I do it. It won't be fresh and exciting. Mm, well, that is, that, that's what they told us at drama. Obviously it will be. Uh, buy a ticket. Uh, <laughs> is it early? <laughs> They'll forget about it. Yeah. yeah so it's um, at, at drama at school, they were like, you can't practice it too much because yeah, yeah. you get too... Because then you're reading a script. Mm. But luckily, I mean, uh, I really like interacting with audiences, so there's uh, always a bit when I do something with the audience to kind of wake them up and wake me up in a way and also so I can have a little bit of fun that's different every day because otherwise you're doing the same thing for 30 days mm. and it can get a bit much so uh, yeah so I'm doing so the that you saw I uh, took a photograph of some of the audience that made the creepiest wall ever what, what, they all had the same name Clint 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 <laughs> uh, because it was a tiny funny gag where I'd tell, ask their name and they'd say like Adam and I'd go oh, not hot enough I'm going to call you Clint from now on and so then I'd show that I had 50 other Clint's it a tiny well. Polaroid yeah but th- that was what was interesting with Edinburgh so the first time I did it I thought it was going to be a little funny gag so what I did is I picked someone in the audience and I took their photograph and put it onto a wall and the gag was going to be that I turned around this pin board and it was just full of faces, all with Clint and then a number. Mm-hmm. And I just put it on and then spin it back round. But the first time I did it, I couldn't just leave it because the audience was like, what the hell, what was that? <laughs> so it became an extra kind of ten minutes and I had to drop some material and to talk about this you have to ludicrous thing that I had created and now couldn't stop doing because it was actually quite funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I've still got the Clint photographs. Only one of them was stolen um, by the girl who worked in the venue. So I had photographs of uh, all the hot boys that came to see my show or one hot boy day um, and lots of comedians. So like Russell Kane was on it and Ian Sterling and Matt Richardson and Tom 
Tom from the noise from the noise next door, my favourite one, purple, <laughs> and uh, lots of other people. But then the only one that got nicked was a photograph of Joe Boar, because the girl that worked in the venue was obsessed with Joe Boar, so she stole uh, Clint number seventeen, which would be Joe Boar, and I have all the rest at home, not like in a bag. I don't like have them up on the wall. That would be creepy. A couple, maybe, um, but yeah, so it's, quite, it's a very it's an odd little memento of my Edinburgh. So, so but we can expect more things a bit like that. Uh, this one's a lot nicer. Well, it's, it's me. It's it, oh, it, yeah. It's because uh, the show is about attractiveness um, and how we gauge it, and how how we gauge our own personal attractiveness. In a, that's a really poncy way of talking about my material, to be honest. Uh, but that's kind of what it's about. Uh, because I was uh, I was in the Gay Times Naked issue last year, and then I was uh, put in this weird list by Heat, which called me a hunk, and then put me amongst these people who've got like proper jobs and like proper acting jobs like they're, they're, like that one of them was uh, Cam Gijanet who was in burlesque like they've been in films and then I was next it was, uh, it was an admin error essentially <clears throat> so I'm talking about how we rate attractiveness and so I get people to rate attractive people and uh, how attractive they are and that's it's quite interesting actually because I thought it would be pretty open and shut but turns out people have very very varying tastes and can take against people for the tiniest of things so that's quite fun to play with Oh, well, yeah. sounds excellent. Yeah, Look forward right. to seeing it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Thank you very That's much. That's all right. No worries. It's the handshake. Oh, I like that. That was Authority good. Authority there. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice.